couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Doing a favor. What'd you say? Doing a favor. This is another follow-up show, I feel like, to um, a conversation that we had that I feel like I need to fix. Sometimes you talk to people and it really messes you up. Indeed. I mean, I mean, I mean, my God. So there's something that I've been wanting to clear up from another conversation. You were trying to say something and I knew what you were about to say but you were so abruptly cut off and disrespected (laughs) and this time it wasn't me (laughs) people find the need to put themselves too much into conversations and try and cut things short and yet complain that they didn't get a chance to talk but you were trying to explain something it's a way it's one of the many ways that you have figured out to really connect with people, Matt. And I think it's really sweet. And you started to explain it. And this person completely mid-sentence cut you off and told you that you're being manipulative. Yep. And it, it was such a weird conversation. So I want to do a show today on this, this one act, one of the many acts that you do to kindly, respectfully, compassionately relate to people and it's a simple thing and I think it's really important for everyone to to know about this and also correct a wrong that was done to you so today we're talking about a favor I looked it up do you know what what a favor actually means the 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 background of where a favor came in it's got to walk around favorite right no I mean yes down the line but the etymology, the origin is the Latin one, which is spelled F-A-V-E-R-E. And guess what it means? Ice cream. The etymology, the background, the root of favor originally means show kindness. Isn't that beautiful? But there's something that you do that is really sweet and someone didn't hear you out right away and started to say that is the most manipulative manip- I can't even say the word how do you say it manipulative thing to do it is so wrong and this person was just so adamant about whatever their right. point of view was can you please explain to all of our friends out there good morning good evening good afternoon hello, hello everyone by the way so Matt take it over i mean don't take it i'm not gonna let you take it over but you know what i mean well we were talking about when you initially meet someone and it was much more of a 
in my in my head, it was much more of a quote unquote professional kind of a scenario where maybe you're at a get together for technologists in my world, you know, like a meetup. And didn't and, you? And you meet you meet someone randomly. Didn't you originally get this idea from another technologist? I did. You did. Guy, I did. Was it Guy Kawasaki? It was Guy Kawasaki. I didn't want to necessarily call him out, but yes. Why? I don't know. We love the guy because I got smacked on it. But anyways. So you're in. You got smacked on it, but he's wrong. You're you're in a scenario. You're meeting with a bunch of like-minded individuals, and uh, let's say a professional kind of gathering organization, and you exchange business cards, and you have a brief little one of those brief little polite chats that you have in the midst of this meeting where you're going between learning about this thing and then taking a small break, learning about that thing. Then there's a raffle, then everybody leaves. That's how a a tech thing uh, tends to go. So you have a brief conversation and you want to, you want to get to know this person better. Well, how the heck do you do that? What is, how do you get in there as it were? And there's obviously there's plenty of options. You okay. Can, can you rephrase that? How do you get in there? That's just so wrong. <laughs> I know. I was it trying sounds, to come up with a good way of saying it. It sounds like but. a very outdated like date uh, thing for a man to say. It, it just feels wrong. But I think what you're saying is how do you connect? How do you, how do you create a bond? Exactly. How do you, how do you even start connecting? Because basically you can take, you can take the easy way out and you can, you know, um, put the card in your drawer and look at it again in three months and then throw it away. You can do that. And that is certainly something that is, is a possibility. You can also, I don't know, maybe email the person with, Hey, it was great. I really enjoyed meeting you the other day and blah, blah, blah. And call it there. And, you know, that that has potential to work. But what Guy Kawasaki said is if you follow up via like an email or a text and you have an ask, you ask them for something, something small, something maybe insignificant, something they can help you with, something that would be easy for them, greater likelihood that A, they'll respond, B, they'll respond well, and C, at some point, they'll seek a favor from you as well. You begin that, you're, you're beginning a dialogue. You're beginning a true dialogue instead of you just kind of monologuing and hoping that they'll monologue back. I mean, that's so basic and so profound because we're here for each other. We're here to support one another. We need each other. And I think that we've all become so, it's been We've become so independent. We've become, well, (laughs) what I'm trying to say is it's been ingrained in us to be so autonomous and do everything yourself, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Don't accept any help. Do it on your own. Do not accept charity. Like, like it goes to the length of charity and, and that being a really bad thing a shameful thing that even the slightest favor if you're like it's just interesting how this guy totally this person totally reacted in such a negative way before you even had a chance to explain your theory of favor doing someone a favor a solid right a teeny tiny one he had such a bad reaction to that and if i look at this person who said that they actually seem very um, antisocial is the wrong word for it because it's like a clinical term, but it's very um, it's not it's unfriendly. Well, it's very closed. It's thank you. I would say. Oh my god, thank you. So closed, and really, we need each other, and we forgot 
how to party together. <laughs> we forgot how to entertain. We forgot all the little tiny nuances that create community, that create a bond. And why? Because for some reason, once again, I'll say it again, it's been ingrained in us to not connect. It's in the park benches even. It's in, it's in every aspect of society when I look around. If you take a look at park benches, they're not there for people to sit and enjoy each other's company and to just sit and be. It's like a memorial to a dead person. It's sad. And I've always said this. God forbid a person who is without a home is sitting on that bench. The police will come and remove them. So it's not really intended for humanity to rest and to partake in the sitting and enjoying and resting on this on this on this thing, this bench. So how are we going to handle the whole concept of doing someone a favor and having someone do you a favor? It's like the, it's become this negative thing where you're indebted to someone. Do you know what I mean? Right. And, and, and there are examples everywhere. Like if you look at that uh, show, Big Bang Theory, Sheldon Cooper's character gets so upset if anyone gives him a present. Why? Because he feels like he has to immediately return the exact quantity of what was given. Right. And he hates that uh, lording over him. So he has to immediately pay the person back. And, and it's not about manipulation. It's not about having a leg up on someone. It's about connecting and helping. Correct. Absolutely. And what you've always told me about this favor thing is it's something so tiny that doesn't require the person getting out of their routine or they're not going out of their way to do something. It's something that is so easy for them. And they can say no, but it's something, it's an ask, correct? Exactly. Uh, case in point, um, I, I worked in an office, a uh, bunch of consultancies and whatever, and we had another business actually move into our space. And I went and I talked to the guy. And he was, he was a really nice guy. And you know what? When you talk to somebody and you ask them about their business, oh, my God. Especially if he's, he, this guy was a CEO and he was fairly new to it and all the rest of it. I wouldn't say he was naive or whatever. He'd been serial entrepreneur. But he was excited to talk about his business. And I asked him some interesting questions about it. And then, hmm. Now, we were kind of in that situation where we're kind of enforced to be next to each other, almost like in school, because we're in the office every day. But we did, we did lunch and learns, and I asked him if he'd do a lunch and learn. Now, that's an interesting ask, because now all of a sudden I'm asking for an hour of his time. But it's him educating, it's him talking through his problems, and it's him, you know. So I wouldn't say that was a tiny ask. But he was all for it. He was like, absolutely, let's figure it out. Let's schedule it. Let's get it done. Boom. We have potential now to deepen our relationship. Exactly. And, and that's just one example in business. But think about that. Like, I, I'm thinking about all the times that I've asked for little favors. Like, maybe now this is a woman thing. But, like, my God. The tiny little favors I have asked, well, for me, are big, but like for them, they're an expert in something. Like, I remember when a friend got a sewing machine 
and she made all these beautiful projects, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I've always been interested in fashion, putting things together. And I never imagined I would have my own sewing machine. And you remember a few years ago, I got a teeny tiny portable sewing machine for like $30. (laughs) And the simplest thing I didn't know how to do, I didn't know how to thread the needle in the sewing machine. Mm -hmm. And so I asked a neighbor friend, can you show me how to thread a needle? And she got very defensive and shot me down immediately, which is fine. But she told me to Google it. And you know what? I I could have Googled it, but I wanted the interaction with her because I really loved hanging out with her. She was so inspiring. Mm -hmm. And she was right there. Right. She was at our home. Google it. Um, I don't know. I feel like when I ask stuff, I always get that response. Just Google it. Well, yeah, we've deferred to this concept of uh, global experts and li- and there's liabilities and there's, and it's all gotten like ferociously, I think, kind of messed up because, you know, at what point did it become, I'm, I can't show you how I do it because how I do it might be wrong. I don't know. I don't know what goes through the heads of people. I don't people. think it's that. I think that, people it, it's kind of like a hoarding you know you you do your thing and you don't want to share it with anyone else because maybe they'll they'll have something over you like they'll be better than you or you're taking something away from them i don't know i don't know i wonder if that's a thing happening with some women is they really don't want to help out other women now having said that i have some amazing women friends where we support each other so immensely like Fiercely even, mm-hmm. but in a very good way, not in a, like a violent, fierce way, but fierce. You know what I mean? Like we're here to help each other right? because we're of the same mindset that we belong together, that we need each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That them helping me is me helping them. It, it's just a continuous circle. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what this whole issue is and I don't think this person cutting you off is even aware of it do you think he's aware of how closed he is and how I mean he just wanted to shut you down and like tell you how wrong it is there is a quid pro quo thing I think that happens though as well with favors and I think maybe he got caught on the bad side of that where somebody had come to him for a favor and he had done it and then they'd ask him for another favor and another favor and another favor and another favor until he finally cut them off. There has to be a sense of balance. He was specifically saying that if you're using a favor to get to know someone, you're incredibly manipulative. That's what he was saying. I know, I know. And it's, and that's it's possible not, that, that he was incredibly manipulated. That's all. I understand. You're always trying to understand where someone's coming from. But what I'm trying to correct here is that's not what you were saying. Right. So I'm like, let's just talk about it. Just you and I, let's talk about it. And again, you know, we, ha- we have a choice. You can move from love or move from fear. If you move from love, asking for a favor is not a... Oh, I'm manipulative. I'm going to. <laughs> or I'm lesser than you. Or, I'm not lesser than you if you I'm go. asking you for something or if I'm asking you how to do something. Right. Can you teach me this? I'm not lesser than you. 
it's I mean it goes back to the old schoolyard old like I don't know what do you call it I forget what it's called now when little kids are toddlers are in school it's that daycare kind of mentality like just honestly and so innocently asking someone something it has nothing to do with motives that are vicious as a society we've moved away from the whole let's play mentality and into something a heck of a lot too serious so can you give other examples of little favors we can ask someone I'm thinking like what because come to think of it I I have to be honest with myself right now I think I've fallen into that line where I don't ask anyone for anything I mean especially after the whole the needle in the sewing machine thing that was the last straw for me I remember back in the day um, I would get calls from Steenie and he would ask for directions And I would be like online looking at the directions for where he was and where he needed to go. I was like his, I was like his little personal Siri. (laughs) Oh, and this was obviously, this was a while ago, but yeah. I remember you would do that for me too. When I would go on photo shoots in Seattle in some areas, I didn't know like anything. Mm -hmm. And I would call you. I'm like, Matt, I'm lost. Help. I don't know how to get here. And there you go. And and you would have me look around and tell you where I was. And then you would give me what I call like simple directions. Like, don't tell me <laughs> north or south. I have no idea where north is. Please. Like, if I'm facing it, do I turn right or left? Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, come on. Let's see. Other favors. I don't know. Just. It's just all about opening yourself up. I'll ask for recommendations on music from people. I will give recommendations on music for people, which is, of course, a scary thing for me because my musical taste is very weird and eclectic. But everybody who likes rock and roll likes Volbeat. V-O-L-B-E-A-T. They're a Danish band. Oh, my goodness. They're good. But anyways, but it's me paying attention. It's me... You know, really seeing, you know, I try and see what I can do for them and what, you know, I, I mostly I see what they, I, what I can do for them. And that generally leads me to when I'm in a place where I need something, then I got a decent sense of directions I can go and, and people I can ask. And because honestly, I'd much rather ask a person when I'm encountering like a technical difficulty than, uh, read a boring web page or sift through 87 people who are having the exact same problem and nobody has an answer because that's what I encounter. It's about connection and it's about connecting to someone on a human level. Absolutely. I want to hear your voice. And it's to me, it's honoring that person. It's seeing something in them and honoring them, whether it's their expertise or it, it could be any aspect of them as a human being honoring that, recognizing that, and honoring that and and saying in a way showing them that you see them absolutely absolutely and again i have an example thank god so we have um so my the company i work at a lot of developers around atlanta uh some developers scattered through the states and we have an interesting least sized presence in lithuania 
Anyways, I have never in my life been to Lithuania. I've never in my life, you know, dot, dot, dot. But I'm fearless when it comes to communicating with people. So there was a team in um, Lithuania we got a project from that we needed to do stuff to. So I ran into a problem. I immediately reached out. I reached out to two different people. One of them got back to me very, very quickly. So this, this is Lena. This is the person who immediately became my favorite. I ping pong, every time I communicated with her, it was like, I'm having a problem. Can you help? <laughs> I mean, it was pretty <laughs> lamentable, right? But she was so helpful, so concise, so brilliant. I was like, I have to pay her back. And so I paid her back by letting her boss know that she had done me solids, nothing but solids, super professional, super helpful, super everything. And guess what? You know, went right back to her. And so she got to hear it too. Cause she knew she was a rock star. She was totally helping me out. But you know, the fact that I, I had spent the time to figure out what I could do, who I should talk to. Cause I didn't know who her boss was. So I had to figure out who her boss was and get in touch with him. And you know, that, and she knows that I value what she's done for me. Absolutely. And it, it's about showing vulnerability once again. And that's the scariest part, especially for developers. But yeah, absolutely. But it's a scary part as a human being, especially since we've all now been trained to not be that way, to have all these walls up, to be so on our own, doing everything on our own to, to also always appear, whether it's in business or in real life, not real life business is real life too but what i'm saying is <laughs> you know in reality i don't know what however you you guys know what i'm talking about but to show your true self and without fear of looking weak in any way but the only way you can ever ever have a connection is by opening up your heart and opening up your world, your life, your experiences. It, it's the only way to really connect. I think it's been an issue and it's more and more of an issue now, especially now with, in particular, the United States having become so incredibly divided that it's very scary to show any part of yourself that you're trying to keep guarded for whatever reason. It could be someone finding out your political belief. It could be fi someone finding out your financial situation or whatever it is. It could be of detriment is how we're feeling. And so to open yourself up to a favor, a kindness, a gesture like that is really opening up a whole world of who you really are. And it's scary. Why? Okay. Why are you looking at me like I'm that? I'm just listening. No, I have my own take on everything, and I want to take us far away from politics. I want to take us back to high school. It's very high school. It's very high school to be like, I don't need anybody. I'm, you know, I'm in kingdom unto myself. I'm, you know, I'm too cool for school. I'm da 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 da, -da the whole trip. And that was my whole trip in high school. I'm sorry, the early part of my high school was, you know, I don't need anybody. And you're seeing that with teachers teaching you stuff, right? But it goes beyond high school. That's your parents right there. Well, hold that on. is a Republican thing right I, there. Well, hold on. I don't want to politicize it, but 
because um, I don't know, because that's just how I but grew up. But that's how you grew up. But that's, that's how, how you I were grew raised. Up. That wasn't, you know, how I grew up, I can't say is atypical anything. It's just how I grew up. And see, I kind of have the same feeling. Please go back to what you were saying. But I also got that. But I come from a very democratic family, an immigrant family, but learn the same thing. Don't depend on anyone else. You're here to do it on your own. Well, the key is, is don't depend on anyone else. I I absolutely agree with that statement. But you can't get there alone. So finding the people you can count on is important. But... Don't expect to count on anybody. See, the messages that I received, the main one was you cannot turn to anyone else. No one else will help you because they hate you is what I got on on every level mm-hmm. because you're different. You look different. You, you, you cook different. Your home smells different. Whatever, like all the hate that's thrown at you. It's like, wow, that definitely doesn't give way to kindness, to opening yourself up or to, to doing a favor. And it's usually me as an immigrant doing someone a favor because that's what's expected of me because, you know, that's what's seen. That's the stereotypical thing is I'm here to serve you. Mm -hmm. It's no longer a favor. It's, it's an entitled thing for someone else, for me to there and we've seen it work we've seen it at play wherever we've traveled to you know we go to uh, into a coffee shop and you're the first person to touch the door to open the door to go inside the coffee shop or wherever you're going and the person behind you will go in front of you assuming that you were meant to open the door for them without a look in your face to say thank you nothing just ignoring you like, wow, I'm an invisible force meant to make life easier for you. I'm doing you all these favors. Where you're attributing that to uh, systematic racism, classism, I'm attributing that to high school. And maybe I'm very wrong on this point. I don't know. I, I, what I'm saying, I have a hard time living in a racist world, so well, I, I, try hard, I try as hard as I can not to. That's because you never had to deal with it. That's, that's the conversation... That is so uncomfortable for the people who are you. <laughs> from, <laughs> from the person who is you. From the Caucasian perspective. Because it is, it's the same story. See, you, it, it, it's so ingrained that for you it's just normal life. But I had to look at it and go, why is this so uncomfortable for me? Why am I feeling so sad about this? And I, you know, it, it, it's so as a matter of fact, it's so a part of life that I had to analyze it. I had to dissect it. I had to completely break it down and go, why do I feel this way? And what's really going on here with the opening of the door? You know, I had to look at it and then look at my history growing up in a country that I was not born in. You know, I missed it by like a few months being born in the, on this land, but it, it, it becomes a racial issue for me because I have to look at it. I have to figure out where it comes from. But for you, it's the same thing. But you never had to really understand where that behavior came from, where that mentality came from, where that thought came from. But we're, we're talking about the same exact thing here. 
Okay. But I know I totally just derailed yes, you. Yes, you did. And as soon as, you, we, as soon as we start getting into racial issues, I have a hard time discussing because I feel well, you know what? like I'm in a different... Well, you, you have Whatever. a hard time discussing it because you've never had to discuss it. You know, I, at a certain age, began discussing it with fellow other people that maybe look like me or definitely have that same situation. So let's just put that back. Let, thank you for letting me get that off my chest. But so in high school, you were definitely like you were not going to let anyone in please go back to what you were saying well yeah you that's just that's just how i did and i couldn't show vulnerability i couldn't show weakness i couldn't show any of that and why is that it's a great question i want to say was there a kid who said you're weak if you i mean where does that come from there's a couple of incidents that i could probably point out um one would be uh junior high school i would wait for the bus at my little bus stop until these two older kids just started picking on me before the bus came. And what are you going to do? You know, I'm like... Beat them up. Well. If you were me. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. Get the pencil. So what I did is I ended up taking a five-minute walk and going up a bus stop. And I didn't have any problems. And that's just what I did. But wow. Was that weak? I don't know. I think it was. And I think that that lingered with me. And I think that that being that weak and, and not being, I don't know, I don't know what the right word is, strong enough to stay at my normal bus stop. I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. I don't know what wouldn't have happened. I don't know how serious or not these kids were, but I wasn't, I wasn't liking it. I wasn't having it. So I didn't. Um, and I think that started to tweak me. And then when I started in, in um, uh, high school, yeah. The narc decided to climb all over me the first two weeks of school. You you guys knew who the narc was in your school? Well, they were, okay, so we called them the narc. They weren't undercover. They were just the security officers uh, for the school. See, we had like undercover people right. in my and, high school. And we, we may have too. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, you know, this, this was just, this, we... <laughs> <laughs> then later we called them the security sprouts, but that's a whole other story. Is that where it comes from? You use that term with me all the time. That's where it comes from. Sprout. <laughs> Your high school security sprout. Oh yes, it does. It does. It's and I don't cute. know who coined that. I don't know if that was me or if that was Vince. Vince, the now security um, sprout. He's a, he's a sheriff. So yeah. Training <laughs> officer the whole bit. But anyways, shout out Vince. Um, anyways, um, but climbed all over me and Why? Oh, well, because my wallet was in my front pocket and it looked like a pack of smokes mm -hmm. because I had a keychain. It was the Loch Ness Monster from Scotland, but it was like in my pocket, it looked like a lighter. Right. What the F? Yeah. And, you know, if, if I knew now, if I knew then when I knew now, I would have said, that's fine. You want to search me? Feel free. Let's go to the office. Let's get a principal involved and, you know, let's do this right. Right. Um, but, you know, they were just like, what's in your pocket? I was like, oh, it's this. Versus, you know, I know my rights and you can't just arbitrarily stop and stop and search me. So let's make it official yeah. and let's get documentation on this. I mean, the way kids get treated in school is, is um, it's horrifying. And I was this geeky, <laughs> 
dumbass, 13-year-old, know-nothing, bowl haircut practically. I know. You know, goo- doofus. Right. You know, I wasn't, you know, it was much later that I grew the hair out and I wore the ripped jeans and the concert t-shirts every day. And the, uh, <laughs> the heavy like, metal uh, god. Uh, oh, and I had my I had fedora. I would wear a fedora with a bandana on it. But anyways. Um, you know, every time someone says fedora, I think yarmulke. with the bandana on it rock on anyways um but i think that those two kind of things they 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 led a lot to it i think that um you know uh certainly in high school there is a tendency for people to attack the weak and so it's hard to show yourself as weak and i want to say that i've heard that this has changed but it really hasn't no it hasn't bullies are bullies or bullies yeah now it's uh, more um it's i'm gonna say technical what's the word i'm looking for now it's more you know cyber yeah there's another word i'm looking for but yeah cyber there's cyber stalking there's cyber bullying there's yeah it's it's happening on a different level right um oh my god and we got to hear from favors. It's so, it's so, it's so animal kingdom. You know, like you're out in the Serengeti and you're going to be eaten. So you have to learn how to survive. I mean, through high school, I felt like it was jail for me. Well, when, like, like you had to survive. When, when the lions come after the gazelles, it's the weak one that gets cut from the herd. It's, I don't have to run faster than the lion i have to run or faster than the bear i have to run faster than you it's that mentality it's so weird maybe maybe that's the issue because see you're choosing to look at walking away as weakness whereas for me it's like i got stuff to do i don't want to touch you and get involved in your messed up um field of racial bullying any kind of messed up thing. I don't even want to deal with it. If I fight you, it's a, you know, we, we've talked about this. If we get into it fighting, it's, it's a very intimate act. You're touching each other all over. Like your bodies are in total contact. I don't even want to be near you. Right. Whether it's physically or with words, I, I, I don't think it's weakness to walk away. I have things to do. And I mean, look at this from one conversation. We've had to do three podcasts to, <laughs> to like get over the insults and the, the toxicity right. of that conversation. Mm-hmm. So, and that was just a conversation, but like, imagine like, I'll just say how I feel when you have a confrontation like that, it just, it will like, resonate with you throughout your lifetime unless you really release it and figure out tools in which you can truly release it from your spirit but like you know it does go back to favors though so okay um it was second grade for me and i was walking home and it was it was a long walk home and all of a sudden these bullies that i really didn't even know existed in school they were following me mm-hmm. and i just thought whatever maybe they're this they have a new route because i had my own route to walk home 
you know, like all the kids, their houses, like you always knew the route of other kids and you knew where their houses were. Right. But these kids, these big, big boys, like way older and like big Mm -hmm. were behind me. And I knew that was not their route home. And then they started calling me and I don't remember, they didn't call me by my name. Right. And it was a threat. And the next thing I know is they got closer and closer and their words got louder and louder and uglier. And next thing I know, I'm on the ground and they're hitting me. They're like punching me. And you know, I was a little, little kid, like little tiny girl, right? I've always been small. Mm -hmm. And so there was three of them and it was a racial thing. Second grade. So you say you don't want to talk about politics. I've always had to deal with politics, man. Second grade. And so here's where the favor comes in. I did not ask for this. But there was this other little girl, Rachel, and her route was kind of mine, uh, the same as mine. Mm-hmm. But her house was way closer than my house. And so here, here comes little Rachel. And she's also Caucasian, these boys, Caucasian. And somehow she was friends with them or somehow they looked up to her, even though she was also smaller than they were. But she yelled at them and said, hey, get off of her. And they reluctantly obeyed her Mm -hmm. and they walked away. And she asked me if I was okay. I think I don't really remember after that point. But I thought to myself, oh, she's she's a friend. But in her helping me out like that, she never wanted to talk to me again. Like, she was always distant after that point. I'm like, wow, what is that? Does she feel like she did me a solid, a favor, and that she just wanted to leave it at that? Did she feel like I would get needy and, like, cling on to her as security all the time? Which I had no intention of doing. I was pissed. You know my rage. Mm-hmm. You know before second grade. I mean, I I went from country to country, right? And I I would pummel bullies. This one I just got thrown off guard. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. I I, I just got thrown right in many ways. But what I'm trying to say is like, what was that? Sometimes a favor makes people more separate and it goes back to what this guy was saying like he had such a bad reaction to you talking about doing someone a solid so what what do you think that's about like she seriously never talked to me again again I'll, I'll bring up my ridiculous suburban equivalent you ready all right so i was in high school band okay fine band geek call me what you will last chair trumpet every year thank you so much Uh, one of the flautists in the band, her name was Angela Russick. Angela and I never talked. We're same age, the whole bed, fine, whatever. So me and my buddy Vince, who's again now a sheriff, uh, would cut school. Sixth period, almost every day, because our teachers didn't take a role. Anyways, and one of the things we would do is sometimes we'd like go out for lunch or go go, go grab a bite, and we'd go to McDonald's where Angela Russick worked. And if she was our cashier, she would always give us a ton of extra food. 
I remember we ordered whatever it is we ordered. And then she's like, and what kind of sauce do you want with that? And I was like, huh? And then I blurted something out, but because I had no idea why she was asking me. Anyway, and she gave me chicken McNuggets in addition to, in addition to, in addition to. So she does this for us. And like the first time she did it, I was like, oh my God. Because I was just like, hey, hey, Angela, how's it going? And, you know, she was just working. She gave us extra food. I was like, what? And um, the next day I went to go talk to her. She gave the two, same two shits she gave for me before she'd done me that solid. Just couldn't be bothered to talk to me. What the heck? Because I was like, I just wanted to, I was just going to say thank you. So I was like, hey, Angela, how's it going? I mean, literally, she wouldn't even say hi back to me. And we would go back to her at McDonald's and she would continually give us extra food. What the heck? Maybe she reached her capacity of braveness and didn't know how to proceed from there. I don't think so. I, I think that she could give two S's about us in general. But when she was at work, she might as well, you know whatever i guess i don't, I don't know. i it honestly be, don't know it, 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 be... it confuses me to this day i'd love angela russick if you're out there tell me what the what the bejesus you were doing maybe she just didn't know how to proceed from there maybe she had a crush on you and she didn't know what to do after that point or maybe she was mad at her job and she's like i'm just gonna give stuff away honestly i think it was probably more about the hate of the job than the love of anything else but still well, it was it it, it it's bizarre I don't know. I, I feel like we're... That's we're, one I've never figured out. Are, are we totally derailing from the whole topic of doing someone a well, you favor? Know what? Sometimes <laughs> the universe gives you a solid that, you know, the universe is saying don't repay, you know, push it forward. It Give should it always be that way. It should, it's like lending money, letting someone borrow money. If you're going to let someone borrow money, you deep down should let it go forever and think that you're never going to get it back. And well, I think, really I think the same with favors, right? You do someone a favor, not because you're expecting uh, payback. You're doing someone a favor to once again, show kindness. Right. And, or and deepen, that's it. deepen a relationship this past Friday. I'm like wrestling with, with this thing that's just brutal and there's no documentation, et cetera, et cetera. So I called up one of my coworkers, Marshall, who I never talked to. And I was like, Marshall, can I just run this by with you? It was the end of my day. I was just like, I, I wanted to tie it up. I wanted to see if he knew of any scenario where what I was missing if I, was, if I wasn't doing this right. And, you know, basically came up with a goose egg, but I wasn't afraid to call him, show my vulnerability, ask him for help. And you know what? Marshall's a really nice guy. And, you know, that's going to help our relationship in the future. He's going to be, feel more comfortable, like talking to me about this kind of stuff. That's all. It, it's something that we have to practice, like how when we were uh, creating our wedding our wedding party we had to understand well as a culture as a society especially in the united states we've lost the art of entertaining that when we have a a, a simple wedding even that it becomes this huge catastrophe do you know what i mean like every little thing will throw someone off and it turns into this fiasco all because we're not used to entertaining so what if the cake falls and 
ends up on the floor. Moving on, you know, it's about the gathering. It's not about a cake, but everything becomes about the cake that got mishandled or someone showing up drunk or let me not get into it because that was crazy. But what I'm trying to say is if we just do this more often, that the muscle memory will come back to our society of helping each other out. It's not a big deal. It's just a part of life like breathing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. But as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about my own actions. The other day, I told one of my best friends, I'm learning this thing on the website. And she said, please let me help you. And to this day, every day, I want to ask her to help me, but I won't. And why is that? Because deep down, I have a fear she's not going to talk to me again. Much like what happened with little Rachel saving me from the bullies. Oh. I just realized that just now. Okay. You need, you need to break through that. And that's what, where I came to it. When I was finally a senior in high school, I think I broke through and I started to really own my, my, my inner me and be confident and get comfortable inside of my inner me, which was great because I went from this very, I went from an LA County high school into a college at hippy dippy Santa Cruz. And because I had a clear sense of who I was, I was still, I was as comfortable as I could be. And when I think about it, it's like, wow, it's a rampant shift. I didn't know anybody there when I started. I was comfortable with that. And nowadays I'm like, really? Because I, I think I would be comfortable in a similar situation, but I know so much more now. I went into it naively comfortable as opposed to really thinking through like strategically, these are the first, these are the things you should do within the first two months. And you know, you have to figure this out and that out and the other thing out. I just, I kind of let things happen and things worked out, but yeah. You know, a part of what that is, Matt, this is going to sound like I'm totally derailing us again, but, but it's not. That's the whole point of a vacation and our society. Once again, in the United States, most of us can't afford a vacation. We can't go on a vacation. A vacation meaning you have such a break to go outside of your normal routine out of the norm of what you see every day, taking yourself, removing yourself from what you're used to seeing. So removing yourself from where you live, removing yourself from point A and going to point B that has a completely different atmosphere and different view. So you have a break. So you're not constantly wrapped up in your daily routine. All the millions of things that ask for your attention that take away from you having the ability to see clearly right it's things are always pulling you to your reality instead of the reality of creating something new that's why vacations are so important i think for you completely being removed from your very conservative family going far away to Santa Cruz that's mm -hmm. very liberal to a place that's in the forest so it's quiet away from the city and the freeways. I mean, Santa Cruz, you know, I had a best friend who at the same time went to Santa Cruz while I, I went to study in, in San Francisco 
and we would compare our lives. Like I'd be like, Hey, it's six in the morning. I jump on the bus or I jump on the, (laughs) you know, I like meet all like hundreds of people uh, like within 10 minutes and I jump on the cable car and the cable car. Hello birds. They, they take me to (laughs) school and she's like, wow, I walk and I see fawns on on my path to school like do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you had a completely different shift and that allowed you to have different perspective and it allowed you to see properly or to have a different vantage point on in all levels right Right. and so that allowed you to create a new reality to create a new thought yeah no argument i think that's why that's one of the keys why Santa Cruz was so such a pivotal time for you, such a great um, shift, right? <sighs> but like this going back to being vulnerable like that, it's vulnerable to ask for a favor and it's vulnerable to actually do it. Yes, absolutely. But if you're comfortable in your own skin, which I think is the most important part of everybody, that you need to be, you need to find a way to make it okay. And you need to be comfortable in making it okay. And you're Both saying need to. It. And it's like, oh my God, this is yet another thing we have to do. But it is something we have to do and it's not a chore. Like once we become okay with doing that again, and I have to remind this while I'm saying it to myself, you will see that it's a natural thing. Animals do it all the time. They do each other solids all the time. There are examples everywhere. You know, when we first started our podcast, we did a story on the unlikely friendship. We talked about Darwin and how Darwin didn't say survival of the fittest is is it. He said it's a theory because when you look at nature, you'll see so many examples of animals you would think are enemies actually helping each other out. Remember the uh, wildebeest? Uh, being eaten by the alligator and all the hippos strategically surrounded that alligator and the hippos assigned each other jobs in getting the wildebeest away out of the jaws of this alligator crocodile and then the other group of hippos escorted the wildebeest all the way to the other side of of the river Mm -hmm. and helped it out it happens all the time in nature when you look around they're always doing each other favors And not only that, they're very considerate. Like, the birds will actually stand in line without standing in line. We have a bird feeder here. And birds will come and they will look at each other. And I can tell they're saying, okay, you're next. And then you're after this other guy. And one by one, they go and take the seeds. And then the other person, the other person, the other bird will go. They take turns. But... I can see the communication that's happening saying you go first and I go after you. And sometimes there'll be a lookout because he wants to make sure that we're not going to, we're not doing anything screwy. Right. They're helping each other. This is natural. What we have become as a society is not natural. It is not natural to do everything on your own. It's great to be independent and strong, but it's not natural to not let anyone in. Right. Right. If you want to go fast, you go by yourself. If you want to go far, you go with the team. And you can very quickly get nowhere or you can get very far with a bunch of people. 
So I think we should leave it at that. Do you have anything else you want to add? I'm good. So the next time you hear the word favor or if someone next asks time someone you, asks you for anything, uh, someone asks you for a favor or if you want to ask someone for a favor, remember the true original meaning of favor, which is show kindness. F-A-V-E-R-E, the original Latin, it means show kindness. And kindness is not Google it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love you so much. Can you do us a favor and spread the word about our friendship, the art of friendship movement? If you could please go to Apple. Is it Apple? I don't know. You know, the Apple listening method. I have iTunes? no idea what you're talking Apple. about. iTunes. iTunes? I don't know. What I'm trying to say is, can you please leave us a kind review? Leave us a review wherever it is you picked up this podcast. <laughs> and if you picked up this podcast from no. some random friend, then email us. But it's the sake. Apple one that, like, for some reason... But we'd like an Apple review. Uh, Thank you. For some reason, iTunes. the Apple iTunes thing <laughs> has more, for some reason, more merit and allows your podcast to become more uh more special listen to <laughs> but we are thankful thank you so much for everyone listening around the world it yes, is thank like you. i am in awe of you all thank you so much let's bring back the art of friendship go to our website ourfriendlyworld.com and just click on to contact us and it's a, an email that goes directly to me and to matt but me because Matt's always working, working and I'm always working on the podcast. All right. We love you so much. Talk to you in a few days. Thanks everybody. Be well. Bye. Bye-bye.